Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Jonah in the first chapter, the first 17 verses, and I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a mighty storm came up upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. The captain came <clears throat> and said to him, what are you doing sound asleep? Get up and call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, come, let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? I am a Hebrew, he replied. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring the ship back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, O Lord, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord even more, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights.
Before we uh, get to our sermon, would you join me uh, just for a time of prayer this morning? God, we thank you for this Sunday, for the chance to uh, quiet our hearts, to quiet our minds, to come and uh, maybe just especially realize your presence all around us. God, it's been uh, an interesting week. Um, we continue to be reminded that our, our world is a, is a place of unrest, of, of brokenness, of violence that um, comes in lots of different ways. It is uh, nonpartisan. So we see uh, continued expressions of, of violence um, around the world, but e even still in our own country, in places like Portland and Seattle. God, we ask that even as there continues to be unrest and vitriol and um, animosity that has uh, continued to grow in our country, God, we ask that your church would be people that uh, continue to be hands and feet of Christ to, to reach out um, in ways and expressions of, of peace, to do the things that, that make for peace and to refrain from doing the things that only add to the division and the hostility that is ex experienced by many in our country and in our world. And Jesus, we look forward to the time of your return where all war and fighting and violence and tearing down will come to an end. In the meantime, help your people to be ones who work towards reconciliation, who work towards hearing one another, who work towards uh, lifting up the vulnerable in our midst. God, we ask that you would help us to hear your call, to hear your voice moving in our midst. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me just take a moment also, uh, maybe call this pastor's privilege a little bit. Today is January 24th, and so it is my son Jameson's birthday. And I have discovered that right about nine is the point where, at least in my house, my children start to become embarrassed of their parents. Um, and I've also discovered that this is the age where I don't care about embarrassing myself anymore. I take pleasure in embarrassing my son, and so we're happy birthday. Um, this week we sent them back to school, so that was kind of a, a birthday present for all of us this week. And uh, we were standing at the bus stop, and I was doing my happy dance, celebrating them going back to school. And, and Jameson kept grabbing my arm to keep me from uh, dancing, but to keep me from embarrassing him. 
And um, Garrett just delighted in this. So when there was a vehicle coming by and I was still doing my happy dance, um, he kind of just kept provoking. And, and then the bus came and I held off until they were on the bus and then uh, resumed my happy dance for the whole bus to see. And so um, happy birthday, Jameson. I love you. Um, and um, we, can, we can talk when I get home. We are continuing to look at stories of God calling people in, in the Bible. And you know, most of our stories so far have been really positive examples of people responding in faithfulness to God's call, of learning to, to hear God's call through, through parents and, and mentors and, and discerning God's call through uh, the community of faith. Uh, last week, we looked at the story of David, who is kind of an unexpected call, uh, certainly to be king as, as the youngest in his family, as a shepherd. Um, it's an unexpected thing that David is called to be the king of Israel. Well, this week, our sermon title is Adventures in Missing the Point, and we're turning to this story of Jonah. Now, Jonah is not a, a long book of the Bible. Um, it's, it's one story. I encourage you to uh, read through that whole story, maybe this afternoon, um, because I think there's a lot of times, this is one of those stories that we often tell children, and we forget some of the things that are happening in this story, or, um, you know, I always liked the uh, VeggieTales version of this story, and it, it, it's a great story. They do take some artistic license, and, and I think that's fine. Um, but it's kind of good to be refreshed on what actually happens in this story. It begins with introducing us to Jonah, and, and Jonah's name actually means dove, son of truth. And it's meant to be ironic, it's meant to be maybe a little bit of a, a joke that uh, Jonah's name means dove, which we usually associate with kind of uh, as a symbol of peace. And yet Jonah is not really interested in making peace with people who are enemies of the people of Israel. That's why the Ninevites were Assyrians. Uh, they were not friendly to the people of Israel. And yet God is sending Jonah to those people with a message of uh, repentance. And uh, the second part of Jonah's name, son of truth, and yet he is really struggling to go and take this message of truth to the Ninevites. He's refusing to go tell God's truth. So in this story, we, you know, we've, we've looked at some stories of people not being sure of God's call. Jonah hears very clearly what God is asking him to do. There's no questioning in Jonah's mind whether God is calling him or what the message is that God is, is having him go and uh, take to the Ninevites. He hears the message clearly, and yet he chooses not to go through it. He tries to run away. He attempts to go in the opposite direction of Nineveh by, by boarding a ship. And then this, this storm comes and the, the sailors are trying to figure out uh, who made which God upset. Jonah is still in the, the ship sleeping and, and they have to go wake him up. And Jonah knows that it's him. 
He knows he's the reason for this. He knows he's upset God. And he tells the sailors to throw him into the sea. Those of us that are uh, in the sanctuary helping uh, get ready for worship, we're talking about this story beforehand, that the Jonah's willing to go to such incredible lengths, getting thrown over uh, the, the side of the boat to avoid taking this message to the Ninevites. And so he tells the sailors to throw him into the sea. And Jonah goes for a uh, three-day, three-night time out in the belly of a giant fish. Now let me just uh, pause here for a moment. Let's, let's stop. This, in this message, I want to talk about a few ways that I think we often kind of miss the point when God is calling us. These are, are ways that we can miss miss it, maybe sometimes intentionally, like Jonah is quite intentional about running away from God here. And we're also going to look at a few ways I think that we can um, maybe accidentally miss God's call. Jonah at first tries to run away from God's vocation. He hears it clearly. You know, Jonah is a prophet, and prophets uh, weren't known to have easy, cushy office jobs. They were known to uh, take an unpopular message to people, to often be uh, ostracized or ridiculed or, or threatened, um, you know, imprisoned, beaten, uh, sometimes killed because of the message that they take. And so it's interesting to me that, that Jonah has this role. He, he's, he's got this role as a prophet. And now God asks him to do this uh, hard mission. I'm not saying that it's not difficult to go to enemies. Um, but Jonah's kind of signed up for this kind of thing, it seems. Jonah gets a difficult call, going to some of his national enemies to give them a call of repentance. But I wonder, why do we sometimes choose to run from God's call? Why does Jonah run? Here in the story, at this point in the story, early on in chapter 1, we aren't actually given the details of Jonah's thought process at the beginning. Just that he hears the call and he decides to run away. So maybe Jonah, at the beginning, is afraid of, of taking a message of judgment and repentance to a nation of enemies. I mean, certainly if we were to think of um, some of... Um, the United States national enemies, it would be tough for me to take a message of repentance to, to some of those places. I, you know, I'd be afraid of, of just getting shut down from the, the very beginning because of my nationality, because uh, people don't want to listen to me, of being seen as an enemy. And so this is a, a tough call on Jonah. I think, too, that maybe there are times where we begin to hear God is calling us and we're afraid of responding. We're afraid of what it might mean to us. Maybe we're unsure of our own ability to um, fulfill the call, fulfill God's vocation. Maybe we don't think we have the right skill set or we don't have the right gifts or we don't have the right connections or, or we rationalize that there's all kinds of reasons why we might not be the right one for this call. 
Or maybe we're afraid of losing something. Maybe we're afraid of losing relationships or stability or familiarity. And so we're hesitant to uh, respond, to, to step out in faith. Maybe we're afraid of being ridiculed or, or ostracized because of fulfilling God's vocation. I think each of these can be uh, true of the, the church as well. And, and add to that that sometimes I think uh, in the church we might be afraid of responding because maybe it will cost us members. Maybe it will cost us financial support. And so we're, we're hesitant to really live into God's vocation on our lives. So we choose to run in, in the opposite direction from how God might be calling us. Well, when Jonah's in uh, the, the, the great fish, you know, we, sometimes we call it whale. It says great fish. I'm not necessarily, uh, I don't think that that's a, a big point of importance for us to figure out what kind of fish it was or if it was a whale or what their understanding of fish and whale was at that time. But well, when, when Jonah is in the belly of this fish, he, he has this prayer of lament, of, of, of pouring out his, his heart. And God eventually causes the fish to, to spew Jonah up onto the lands. Um, and so he's, you know, thrown up, vomited out uh, of the fish. So, you know, that's a, a fun sensory uh, experience for us to, to think about, uh, to imagine. We're told that the word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time with the same mission. God's just repeating himself, sending him again to the, the people of Nineveh. And so Jonah maybe starts to get the point. Jonah goes into the city and he proclaims to the people there, 40 more days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He just walks through the city uh, proclaiming this message now, it seems later that um, this is what Jonah is actually hoping for. He's actually hoping that Nineveh will be overthrown. He wants some good old-fashioned Sodom and Gomorrah. He wants these Ninevites to get what they deserve. Which, if we stop and think about it, I mean, this is pretty messed up. But maybe not that unfamiliar to us. Uh, I wonder if our culture sometimes even allows for confession and repentance to really happen in our society. But the Ninevites actually hear Jonah's message. And they take his message seriously. And eventually, word of, of Jonah's message gets back to the king, and, and the king orders everyone to put on sackcloth and ashes. You know, we often think sackcloth is, is kind of like burlap. It's, it's meant to be itchy, scratchy, uncomfortable. It was meant uh, in the ancient world to be a way of uh, expressing their, their deep emotion, their, their deep sorrow, their, their deep repentance. 
In fact, the king actually orders that, that even the animals of the city are supposed to have uh, sackcloth and ashes. And so I, I think that would be a, a fun experience to try and get sackcloth on, uh, you know, your, your donkey or your goats or your, your chickens around. That would be kind of fun uh, to see that happening. But they respond. And it works. God hears their cries. God, God sees their, uh, their um, true repentance. He sees that in their heart they are they're really sorry and, and God doesn't destroy them. And Jonah gets upset about it. If we skip later into Jonah chapter 4 verse 2, Jonah prays, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. We can read these words and, and they're really positive attributes about who God is, that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, that God is forgiving. That sounds like good news. But that's not how Jonah's saying it right now. Jonah's actually upset about this, that God is not punishing and, and destroying the people of Nineveh. See, Jonah doesn't run away because of a fear of what might happen to him. Jonah runs away because he's afraid that God may forgive the Ninevites and not destroy them. So just think about that for a moment. Sometimes I think our calling, our, our vocation, it doesn't always go the direction we think it might go. A few years ago, uh, Katie and I knew God was kind of calling us and, and, and shaping us in, in a different way. It was the same basic vocation of, of loving God, loving those around us, and, and making disciples. But the specifics of how that was uh, to be lived out for us, we, we knew God was calling us uh, to something different. And for about two years, I really thought that I was going to be starting a farm. And um, some people may argue that I've still started a farm at my house, but uh, that's a different conversation. In fact, uh, actually three different times I was standing on properties, and we had, we had funding available for one. But we came to a point again uh, with community discernment, with the wisdom of others and lots of prayer, that our way of living out God's vocation was in a slightly different direction. Different, no less exciting, no less challenging, no less scary. Um, and that's led us here to Spring Creek. Different than what we maybe imagined a few years ago. Sometimes our vocation doesn't go in the direction we think that it may go. God has a way of, of uh, twists and turns of always leading us and, and guiding us. And I'm so thankful um, for the way things work out and for how God, uh, being obedient to God's call um, just uh, 
there's a peace about it. Even though it's, it's different than, than what we imagined, um, we're so grateful. I think another way sometimes that we get uh, sidetracked or we, we miss the point is when we get disappointed that that's not our calling. I think sometimes uh, we get something maybe called vocation envy. And we wish that God was calling us to live this out in a different way. In 2016, Katie and I were invited to go to uh, Nigeria as part of a, a friendship tour uh, with the Church of the Brethren. And we got to meet a lot of great people and see a lot of incredible ministry that was happening uh, with the, the EYN, the Church of the Brethren, in Nigeria. And, and as we got towards the end of uh, two weeks in Nigeria, you know, I said to Katie, I said, I could just stay here. I could go home, get the boys, and, and, and bring them back, and uh, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that, you know, it was just easy to fall in love with the people and, and the mission and the ministry that was happening there. If only God would call us. If only someone else would make the suggestion or inquire of our interest. I, I, I thought that a few times. I think sometimes we wish God was calling us to a, a specific vocation. Or we see others being called to uh, that kind of vocation or, or that kind of calling, and we wish that that was our calling too. I find that God knows better than, than us. God knows us better than, than we know ourselves. He knows how we're wired. He knows our strengths, our gifts, our abilities better than we know ourselves. And so my encouragement is hear God's call on your life. And it may be very different than how God might be calling someone else. And that's okay. You are wired the way you are. You are gifted the way you are to partner with God's mission in the way that, that, that best fits how God has created you. So don't worry if, if that's not your call. Some other ways that maybe we might miss the point. I think sometimes God calls us to, to tough tasks and we need to learn to stick it out, to persevere. We, we need to, to work through the hard times in our calls. But sometimes we, uh, sometimes we also might think that things are greener on the other side. And we make changes and find out that they're not. And maybe we've listened more to our own desires than God's call. On the flip side, sometimes when we come up against uh, obstacles and hard situations, God is directing us that we're not supposed to keep going. I think of uh, Paul in Acts, where he has this desire to go to Asia. He wants, he wants to take the, the gospel to Asia, and he wants, wants to go and preach. And he finally determines that the Holy Spirit is blocking him from going there. And so he, he prays and he, he hears God's Spirit saying, what about Macedonia? What about the people there? Maybe you need to be directed in this different direction. And so Paul discerns that, that the Holy Spirit's actually blocking him. In this moment, he's not supposed to keep pressing through. He's not supposed to keep pushing on. 
So how do we figure out whether we're supposed to persevere and, and keep pushing or whether that's a door shut at that time? And I don't have an easy answer. And I don't have, you know, a cookie cutter solution for figuring that out. This is where I go back a couple of weeks to the community, to being in prayer with one another, for discerning God's spirit. Are we supposed to keep pressing, keep pushing, keep knocking down doors, or is that door closed for a reason, for us, for a time right now? How do we know? We pray, we read scripture, we discern with trusted, spiritually mature partners in the faith. I'm sure there's other ways, too, in which we miss God's call. Whether that's fear, unexpected or unwanted missions, whether that's vocation, envy. And I have to confess to you that, you know, I've had a number of those. I've missed God's call uh, different times, and I'm sure that I don't always get it right. I'm sure we don't always get it right together. Even after three days in the, the belly of a fish, Jonah doesn't really get the point. The story of Jonah actually concludes in a, in a very unresolved sort of way for me. God ends by asking a rhetorical question to, to Jonah, and he says, should I not be concerned about Nineveh? That great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. And it ends there with that question. Jonah never answers. We don't ever know if Jonah finally gets the point, if it finally sinks in for Jonah. We don't know. And the truth is that we miss the call too sometimes. If we have ears, we need to listen to what the Spirit says. This morning, I don't know what words the Spirit is whispering to you this morning. Each of us is called by God um, to life through Jesus Christ. And so some of us this morning might be hearing God's call, God's vocation for the first time. And, it, and it's the call that God gives to everyone. Come, follow me. The call to turn around and, and follow Jesus, of, of committing to him as Lord and Savior. And others of us this morning might be hearing the Spirit whisper of different next steps of specific ways God might be nudging you to partner with God in God's mission. Jonah seemed to miss the point. I wonder what story does, does our life tell? How does our story go? Do we miss the point too sometimes? Will we miss it this morning? As we um, draw our service towards a close, you're, we're going to be responding with, with the words of, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
And again, I, I don't know what uh, the Spirit is whispering to you this morning. If, if you're uh, at home or in your office or, or wherever you're at uh, right now um, participating in this worship, if you are hearing God's call on your life for the very first time, that is wonderful. It is good news. And I get that, that discerning how this all works out can be hard work. But committing to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, man, that's the, that's the best decision that we can make. Following him, committing to follow him. I think it, you know, following Jesus is, is life abundant. And that means extra highs and, and extra lows sometimes. We are called to, to count the cost when we follow Jesus. And so maybe in this time, you just want to, to sit in, in your living room or your office and just recommit or commit for the first time your life to turning and following Jesus, of hearing his call and responding. I don't want you to miss that opportunity. Maybe you're at home and you're hearing God nudging you in different directions. We can all recommit our lives to following him, of hearing his call, of stepping out in faith in, in those, those hard missions, those, those hard ways God might be calling us to respond this morning. Next week, um, our, our message, we're, we're going to be talking about some different ways that that God might be calling us in this time and this season of life, uh, both as individuals but also as, as a congregation. How is God uh, directing us, leading us? How can we uh, work together at, at hearing God's call, at, at answering God's vocation on our life together? Would you receive the, the benediction this morning? May we learn to tune our ears to hear God's call. May we live in faith and faithfulness to God's call. And may we all live out our God-given vocation each and every day. Go in peace. Have a great week, Spring Creek.